Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? How you guys doing? How was your Thanksgiving last week, huh? Was it good? If you celebrated, of course. Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Um, I completely forgot to talk about Andor last week because I was so excited to talk about Wakanda Forever and uh, Disneyland. Um, but hey, it's me, your host, Nick. Forgot to mention that before I went too deep into things, which obviously you know it's me because if you've been listening long enough, you recognize my voice at this point. Um, it'd be weird if you didn't. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's, uh, why don't we get into it? Huh? I know it's kind of a short week news wise, um, because of the holiday and everything like that. But surprisingly, a lot of things happened in the last two days, uh, to talk about. So I don't want to waste too much time. Uh, and because there isn't, there isn't a lot in general, there, there's like long subjects, um, with phase four officially over. And it's been a week since I've seen Wakanda Forever, so I can kind of fully gestate it all and and, uh, things like that. I will be giving a new ranking of my MCU movies, um, which I haven't done in a while, actually. Granted, a phase hasn't ended in quite a while. Um, I don't think I did it after Endgame, though, now that I think about it. Anyway, let's uh, let's just get right into it, shall we? So I do want to talk about Pokemon a little more. I finally got to really play it uh, after family was in town last week, so I didn't get a lot of chance to play games at all, really, Um, between hanging out with my nephews and Disneyland and golf and Thanksgiving and things like that. Um, I am finally starting to get some of those issues. I've had some clipping. I've had some frame rate drops. Um... You know, in uh, there's a lot of games where, in open world games, you know, everything in front of you is going to have a nice, fresh, good frame rate. Things in the far distance are going to have a, a, a lower frame rate because obviously they don't need to be close and they can kind of move slowly in the distance. The, the problem with, with Scarlet and Violet is it's happening right there, right away, right in front of you, uh, when it should be kind of way in the background. Um... A lot of issues with texture mapping. Uh, some things are like really greatly textured. Some things look like they came out of a game made 20 years ago. So it's, it's kind of all over the place. Um, it, it's, it's very... The UI is very, very different compared to any Pokemon game in the past. Um, but I will say this. It is the, the, the Pokemon game that I've always wanted. It's fully open world. It's it's fully embracing a lot of its RPG elements. Um, th- there, there's a lot of things that are different that uh, are good quality of life improvements, I personally think. I really like it. Um, I can't wait to see how they fix it or refresh it. I know there's like a ROM you can get online uh, that runs at 60 frames per second, and it fixes a lot of the issues, but it, it, apparently it's just a PC mod. Um, some people have found that there's a issue with the online battle stadium now, uh, using its random number generator. Um, so, I mean, apparently they found out that players can figure out what moves will hit and what moves will miss every single time, depending on which turn of the battle it is. So, that's not good that people figure that out. Uh, but, uh, granted, there's issues abound. Uh, and that, that turns into things we've learned about Game Freak. It's a small team. Uh, Nintendo doesn't really let them go. Even though they're an independent studio, Nintendo doesn't let them kind of go hog wild. Or the team is split making games when they're on a three-year cycle and they should be focused on the main game. And maybe the offshoots or remakes should be remake should probably be handled by a third party and in all honesty the the offshoots should be a smaller team and shouldn't be pulled from the larger team in general but again 
That's Nintendo's say. I don't have anything to do with that. Um, but we'll see what happens, right? We'll see if they fix it. Uh, hopefully they do. But a, a lot of things can happen. Um, a lot of things can happen moving forward with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So far I'm having fun. Uh, we'll see how things go moving forward. Now let's jump over to the other ship here with the Activision acquisition by Microsoft. We're now learning that the FTC might file a lawsuit. I don't know where they've been for the last year. Um, but they've essentially decided to weigh in. Uh, apparently they're likely, quote-unquote, to file a antitrust lawsuit. Um, this is via Politico. Um, Activision Blizzard claims that this is, quote, anti-competitive effects is completely absurd, uh, quote-unquote. So uh, they said, quote, any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd. This merger will benefit gamers in the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. We are committed to continuing to work cooperatively with regulators around the globe to allow the transaction to proceed, but won't hesitate to fight to defend the transaction if required, unquote. That's, that's Activision's response. Um, again, via Politico, they say, quote, three people with knowledge of the matter, um, unquote, are... Uh, have decided uh, decided have essentially hinted to Politico that a, a lawsuit is likely but not guaranteed. Um, the commissioners of the FTC haven't taken the time to vote yet or meet about anything. Uh, so we'll see though what happens. But again, this could be all hearsay. Again, this is Sony bitching and moaning more than anything, um, which led to Sony. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you have Battlefield or blah, blah, blah. Sony is like, well, you know, Battlefield isn't the same, essentially. Um, <laughs> Sony said to the UK government that, quote, Call of Duty is not replicable. Call of Duty is too entrenched for any rival, no matter how well-equipped, to catch up. It has been the top-selling game for almost every year in the last decade, and in the first-person shooter genre, it is overwhelmingly the top-selling game. Other publishers do not have the resources or expertise to match its success. To give a concrete example, Electronic Arts, one of the largest third-party developers after Activision, has tried for many years to produce a rival to Call of Duty with its Battlefield series. Despite the similarities between Call of Duty and Battlefield, and despite EA's track record in developing other successful AAA franchises, the Battlefield franchise cannot keep up. As of August 2021, more than 400 million Call of Duty games have been sold, well, Battlefield has sold just 88.7 million copies, quote-unquote. Look, that's because Battlefield is way more niche. Battlefield is not... Ugh, I'm not even going to get into it. It, it. it is not for everyone. It, it has kind of shifted to, like, the big team battle approach. It, I don't even think Battlefield has, like, 6v6 anymore. If it does, please... Tell me I'm wrong. I, I don't know. Um, I haven't played a battlefield since like 1942 in Vietnam, uh, like 10, 12 years ago. You could make a game potentially... Look, I'm, I'm not saying... I'm not denying that Call of Duty is a juggernaut. It is. That doesn't mean you can't make something to compete with it. I mean, if you were to replicate it You'd almost have to do it almost exactly the same, right? Uh, it'd have to be a little different, obviously, to, to get away from any lawsuits. But if, if you made a game as fluid, as depth, deep, and things like that, it definitely could compete as long as it was good. Um, again, Battlefield doesn't, com doesn't do the same because it's, it's, it's not the same. It's, it's completely different. The closest thing I can think of that's like Call of Duty, uh, is CSGO, Halo, um, and like Titanfall, or the, the, the shooters that come to mind that are the closest thing to Call of Duty, right? In terms of, of what what's on offer. Um, all very different games. But 
I I don't I don't even know why you would I I don't know. Sony's not wrong, but Sony's also just bitching at this point. Um and sticking with Blizzard here, Overwatch 2 is getting ready for season 2 already, which blows my mind. And another new hero. Like fix your other heroes first. I said this a few weeks ago. Why are you releasing new heroes? When you got, you can't even have like heroes that have been working in the first game working in the second game, and you're gonna make another tank. Like, get get the fuck out of here, dude. Fix the shit first before you come out with season two. Before you add new heroes, like, like what? I feel like every time they add a hero, another one's broken. Like, just say, oh, maybe we're just gonna all switch to new heroes. Like, just say that from the beginning, right? I, I'm not even going to waste time on that. <laughs> uh, someone asked James Gunn on Twitter if they were going to make games connecting to the DCU or tie into the DCU. And he responded with a simple yes. What does that mean? I don't really know. But it will be interesting to see. Um, unlike Marvel... Warner Brothers has Warner Brothers Game Studios, which has quite a bit of great studios under its belt. Um, surprisingly, Disney kind of exited the gaming space, and they kind of whore themselves out for gaming. Uh, it's mostly been Star Wars Returns and some Marvel games, um, but they're not tied to the MCU. They're all they're all separate, right? Uh, I mean, Midnight Suns just came out. It's getting good reviews. We all know Marvel Spider-Man. That that is um, that is all made by Insomniac. So yes, there are good Marvel games, but they're not made in house. So it'd be a little different. We'll see how that all turns out. Uh, it was announced that Starship Troopers is getting a new PVE uh, twelve-player FPS game next year. That should be well. Next year's going to enter uh, uh, early access. You can wish list it on Steam. It's called Starship Troopers Extermination. So it is set in the movie universe. Uh, I'm very excited. I love Starship Troopers. I'm doing my part. Do you want to know more? Um, <laughs> uh, so Avalanche Studios, the team behind the... Uh, let me make sure this is the Just Cause game. So yeah, so this is different Avalanche than the one making the... Uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy game, um, which is Avalanche Software. But Avalanche, the Avalanche Studios group, um, apparently there's been a lot of issues going back and forth between management and employees. Um, so this is a statement that was released by them. It says, quote, There have been times when we've had more, we've had more to learn than we realized. And reflecting on where we've been is an important part of our journey forward. We're sorry we haven't gotten things right every time. During those times, the tireless work of avalanchers who dedicated their attention and effort to improving the company has been invaluable. The progress we can celebrate today is thanks to the compassion and convictions of our employees. To all avalanchers who have spoken up through the years, engaged in our DEI efforts, and helped us through this journey, we want to say this. Thank you for your contributions. You have our deepest respect, and we are grateful to you. Well, Avalanche, uh, unquote, sorry. Um, they put out an apology, uh, and it, it happens after um, someone was hired, I guess, by the studio in a leadership role, and um, guess it didn't go over well with the staff. Um, but... I don't know what the exact issue, um, but apparently this person is not suitable for the role. The official story per IGN says uh, Avalanche issued that apology uh, almost a year after they had hired a high-level individual who had been publicly accused of inappropriate workplace behavior towards female employees at his former company. Um, those public allegations were verified. Um, again, he's not, his, their name is not listed. Um, apparently HR at, at 
Avalanche didn't listen or ignored it, tried to downplay it. Um, the That person eventually resigned. Uh, a lot of impl- internal employees called out the CEO and things like that. Um, but apparently, because leadership at the company kind of just was being very mild on the issue, employees pushed back so much, which prompted that above apology that I, I um, that I put out. But it's very, um, very interesting indeed to see what happens with Avalanche. You can read response from the CEO, um, but I think it's an interesting take. And they're not the only studio to be uh, in the news for some interesting things. Uh, The developers of Arma 3, Bohemia Interactive, is a little upset about what's going on with the war in Ukraine. Um, Apparently there's been mods made to Arma 3 that are being used in war propaganda. Uh, Bohemia says, quote, These user-made videos have the potential to go viral and are massively shared by social media users, sometimes even by various mainstream media or official government institutions worldwide. Unquote. Um, they're just not happy and they're trying to fight against these mods that look ultra-realistic because people uh, apparently are using them as, uh, you know, propaganda, which you don't want to do because obviously that's fake propaganda because it's not even a real thing because it is a video game. Um, but we'll see, right? It'll be interesting, though, if if people actually listen to um, Bohemia and stop using it for propaganda. Um, We found out what the Games with Gold are on Xbox and PS Plus games. Uh, Over on uh, Games with Gold, you have Colt Canyon and Bladed Fury. Both are 2D uh, side-scrolling games. Uh, And then on PS Plus, you have Mass Effect Legendary Edition Biomutant, and Divine Knockout. Those will be available for the month of December. Um, NVIDIA says that their RTX version of Portal will release on December 8th. Uh, Indie hit Sable, which took over the PlayStation world, will also drop on PlayStation 5 next month. Uh, We got our new trailer for Mario, the Super Mario Brothers movie. And... We finally get to listen to Chris Pratt's Mario a little more. It doesn't have that, hey, how you doing kind of vibe anymore, which is kind of a good thing. Um, they went all out in this trailer. You got Mario Kart. You got Rainbow Road. We get our first look at Peach, at, at uh, Donkey Kong, at Luigi. We hear Luigi. We hear Peach. We he- see more Toads. We see Yoshis. Um it looks like training in the Mushroom Kingdom looks like your typical Mario Maker level. Um, there is so much to unpack in that trailer that uh, you need to watch it for yourself. It's very good. I am very excited. I cannot wait for this Mario movie, actually. Um, that trailer was so good. Uh, we also learned Todd Howard was uh, Todd Howard of Bethesda was on a podcast speaking about a, a lot of topics, apparently. Um... One of the first things he talked about um, was the Indiana Jones game that Machine Games is working on that he's actually involved in. Um, he's producing it. I know. he. It's, it's, it's weird. It's not weird because he runs Bethesda and Machine Games is part of Bethesda but or ZeniMax. But it's weird because he doesn't always branch away, when, especially since he should be focusing on Elder Scrolls VI. Um, but he was speaking with Lex Friedman. Um, but he, he essentially said that the game will be a, quote, unique mashup of different genres, unquote. Uh, he said exactly, quote, I will just say it's a mashup. It's unique. It isn't one thing intentionally. So it does a lot of different things that myself and the folks at Machine Games have wanted to do in a game. So it's a unique thing, quote, unquote. Um, I don't know. We don't know when it's coming. Uh, it was announced over almost two years ago now. Um, but it's an original story, uh, it's set in 1937, it may involve the Vatican City, um, again, we only got a teaser trailer, right? 
the other thing is, I, I guess Machine Games has taken a break from making um, uh, uh, Wolfenstein, but hopefully at the Game Awards we learn more. That's one place we could learn. Um, he was also speaking uh, in relation to the Fallout TV show, which the reasons he said no before in the past is because they just wanted to rehash stories from the games. Uh, whereas this new show, uh, it is set set within the game universe, so it, I guess it's canon, technically. Uh, but it tells a new story that takes place adjacent to like Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 and things like that. So yes, it takes place within the Fallout games universe, um, but it is not going to tell the story of the games, but its own separate story within that universe. Um... Couple more gaming things. Um, the, the composer on the original Streets of Rage is making a new game, uh, but the new game is for the uh, Sega Genesis, of all things. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, David Cage, who is someone I don't really want to give airtime to, uh, who is the head of Quantic Dream was, uh, who was he talking to? G-Star in South Korea. Um, was talking about Star Wars Eclipse. Uh, he said it was, quote, the most ambitious project of our studio, unquote. Um, promising it won't be a reskin or anything like that. Um, he also went on to say, quote, we spent a lot of time trying to imagine our world 10, 15, 20 years from now. What would the technology be like? Do we believe that I... Oh, so that... Sorry, that was talking about Detroit. He said, quote, I think Star Wars is a very different setting. It's far, far away, as you know, so it's something different. Unquote. Oh, God. You... Uh, he also said, quote, Star Wars is not going to be a skin of Detroit. The two games will be very different. Very different, although we'll also, of course, use what we learn. But it's not going to be a copycat by any means. It's going to be a very different experience, unquote. When you say something like very, very far, or far, far away, it scares me. Because either A, you don't really know a whole lot about Star Wars, or B, your story is, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> I, like, I guess in the same interview, though, he said that don't expect any TV from... Um, TV or movies to come out of their games, but like really, with all the issues surrounding David Cage and Quantic Dream in general, I'd rather just not talk about that game until it comes out and see what happens. Anyway, our final bit of gaming news is about Nintendo and how Nintendo is always gonna Nintendo. Um, there was the Super Smash Brothers World Tour, or the Smash World Tour, um, which is technically an unofficial event, but it's the biggest Smash like tournament in the world. Um, they apparently have failed to reach an agreement with Nintendo, uh, which has led to their championship and all 2023 events being canceled. Uh, they said on a Medium post, quote, is with an unbelievably heavy heart that we must announce that both the upcoming Smash World Tour championships as well as the 2023 Smash World Tour must be canceled. Without any warning, we received notice the night before Thanksgiving from Nintendo that we could no longer operate. This was especially shocking given our discourse with Nintendo the past 12 months. Since then, we've been working around the clock to take the proper steps logistically, as well as prepare this statement with proper legal guidance, quote-unquote. Um, they hold thousands of events. The prize pool is uh, in the hundreds of thousands. Over hundreds of, like, over 300,000 people in attendance of all their events. Uh, and, and they've been working with Nintendo. Nintendo is famous for not hosting their own events. Um, I mean, they were going to start working with a group called Panda, but they were working with the Smash World Tour. Um, but I, I, <laughs> yeah, this is not a good, um, this is not a good thing. This is not a good look for Nintendo. 
They are a vile, vile company sometimes. And it, it's, it's unfortunate how they handle things. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, interesting here. This is, uh, from Smash World Tour. They said, ooh, they're accusing Nintendo and Panda. They said, quote, however, we quickly found out, found that many organizers were concerned about joining up with Smash World Tour in 2022. They told us that they'd been told by Alan, the CEO and co-founder of Panda, that we were going to get shut down and we're not coming back in 2022. Nintendo gave a statement. Uh, and then they responded to that statement, um, saying like Nintendo's kind of like not being completely honest. So this is going to turn into a big fight. I can see it now and we'll see, we'll see how things go. Uh, that's it for gaming today. Let's, uh, let's talk about some TV, shall we? Uh, Wednesday has broken records at Netflix, uh, for a premiere. It looks like it's uh, it's it's equaling Stranger Things four. Um, yeah, Wednesday has broken a Netflix records with the most hours viewed in a single week of any Netflix TV show ever. So more than Stranger Things, um, three hundred forty one point two million hours viewed, uh, and number one spot. And then it's toppled Stranger Things for that top spot. Um, it's the number one in 83 countries, tied with Stranger Things 4. Of course, Stranger Things broke that record uh, recently for overall, which is 1.5, 1.15 billion hours um, for everything. But it looks like Wednesday, which is getting mildly reviews, um, seems to be getting a lot of watchers um the amc network uh home or uh, we should just call it the walking dead network at this point uh is in might be in some trouble according to the walking journal the wall street journal uh the network sent a memo to staff saying quote we of course realize that this will cause significant concern and anxiety for our employees and those who rely on amc networks for their livelihood we do not take this lightly. We will take every step possible to minimize the impact of these actions on our community, unquote, after layoffs were announced. Um, they own several channels, the AMC Network, IFC, WeTV, Sundance as well. Um, they also run Shudder and AMC+. Plus. Um, they thought that cord cutting by... AMC Plus and Shutter, they thought they could probably bring in more money uh, with people getting rid of cable. Um, guess that didn't help. Um, the CEO stepped down earlier today, or was this yesterday? Sorry, yesterday the CEO stepped down. Um, she hadn't even been the CEO for three months. Whoa. That's crazy. That's not good. I think they've. I think the reason people left AMC is because it's all, like I said, it's all Walking Dead pretty much. Yes, they have some other shows, but they're not at the high caliber quality that Mad Men was, that Breaking Bad was, that the early seasons of The Walking Dead were. So it, it, it's, it's like you put all your eggs in one basket, and I think it, it pushed people away. Um like, does AMC even show, like, old movies anymore? I don't even know what goes on on that channel, to be honest, anymore. Um, it used to compete with TCM, but we'll... I don't know. Anyway, more and more quotes make people think that Picard Season 3 is not going to be the end of the TNG cast on TV. Um, Jonathan Frakes has said things, Gates McFadden have said things that all make it seem like it's hinting to more next generation stories to come, maybe just without Jean-Luc. Um, then Terry Metalis said that, like, when you're watching season three of Picard, don't be shocked if you see, like, old TNG font styles and hear TNG style music, which means I hope they go back to the 
the theme, the Jerry Goldsmith theme, and don't use the really dumb Picard theme song that I don't like. You know, the... I'm not going to keep going. Um, granted, I'll be very excited if they do. Um, Disney Plus is getting a Night at the Museum cartoon movie, which I did not know about, uh, and technically a sequel to the third film, which, again, I... I don't know how you make that movie without Robin Williams. That's all I'm going to say. And it, Ben Stiller's not in it, so again, I don't care as much. Um, and then now we're learning even more changes going on at Warner, as usual. Um, it looks like a high-level executive at Warner Brothers uh, is apparently in the process of getting DC animated projects moved over to Amazon Prime Video. Um... So, this is via Deadline. Uh, exploring, anim quote, exploring animated IP on different platforms, unquote. So, um, Dungey, the executive, said, quote, Exploring animated IP on different platforms. With animation, we used to be about staying in-house, but now we're doing it on different platforms. HBO Max is the first stop, but we are in the process of closing a deal Big deal with Amazon featuring DC branded content in animation, quote unquote. So does that mean new stuff will be there? They'll move old stuff over? Um, does this mean we're going to get more seasons of Young Justice? I want to know. I want to know. Anyway, let's talk about some reviews of shows. Um, did you guys watch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? I don't know if that's TV. I don't know if that's movie. I, it's kind of weird to put it. I thought it was kind of cool. It also came off as very cheap. Um, obviously, it wasn't going to get the big budget of the movies. Uh, I, it was fun. And that's really all that matters. But it sets up a lot of things for Phase 4 as well, I think. Um, phase 4. It, it's the end of Phase 4. I think it sets up a lot of things for Phase 5. At least in terms of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, and I, I have a feeling Kevin Bacon might show up or we're going to get an Easter special. One of the two. One of the two. Uh, otherwise, I really liked it. Um, the Santa Claus show continues to just kind of be just kind of there. Isn't really moving the needle too far for me. Uh, and I, I want to talk about Andor before we talk about movies. I, I totally forgot last week. Uh, the Andor season finale is the one of the best episodes of Star Wars television. And it, 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 it's almost on the level of a film in terms of like emotional weight that it carries. And it literally is the spark that like sets off the rebellion. And... Hoo hoo boy, is it a doozy. Um the 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 whole scene of Marva's funeral leading up to like the final moments on Ferex are Chef's kiss. Perfect. Damn near fucking perfect. And the tenseness. Uh uh the tension. Sorry, I don't know why I said tenseness. No, the, the tension is palpable even when you're just watching it and shit pops off um the lead up is is the tension is high almost all the characters are there in, in a very interesting way because it's it we've never really had all of them in one place right um or on one planet at the same time mind you the use of a inspiring speech by marva which is probably one of the reasons they hired, um, why can't I think of her name? Uh, that's probably why they hired Fiona Shaw. Um, we almost got our first F-bomb in, in Star Wars, but obviously they would never have allowed that. Um, if anything, they could have just said Fark, which is technically a curse word in Star Wars. Um, the after credit scene is 
it, it, it's it's fun. It's nothing crazy, but just I cannot wait for season two. I'm a little frustrated that it only just started filming. Uh, then we have to wait a while. But but oh my god, you need if you are not watching Andor, you need to watch it. It is hands down the best Star Wars live action show, hands down. You need to be watching it. I don't know why you're not, because you're sleeping on a banger. Anywho, let's move on to the movie scene, shall we? So, Indiana Jones 5, right? We'll be getting more and more information about the movie um, and things that are going on with it. Um, Let me see, de-aging we talked about. Um, We've also learned that they prioritized practical filming. Uh, or practical filming, practical effects over CGI, which is probably a good thing because one of the biggest complaints against Crystal Skull was its overemphasized use of of CGI. Um, And now we're learning uh, via Empire Magazine, which has a huge special on on, um, Indiana Jones 5 right now, Uh, they interviewed Harrison and he said, quote, I didn't feel it was necessary to do another one. I just thought it would be nice to see one where Indiana Jones was at the end of his journey. If a script came along that I felt gave me a way to extend the character. Um, it's full of adventure, full of laughs, full of real emotion, and it's complex and it's sneaky. The shooting of it was tough and long and arduous, but I'm very happy with the film that we have, unquote. So essentially Harrison said, like, Harrison obviously was very skeptical. He's getting older. I saw a picture. I was like, I don't think this man can actually run, but somehow he's running in this picture. A- anyway. Uh, you know, it's like, obviously he wasn't going to make an Indy 5 unless the script made sense. Um, and apparently this one did, and it looks like he's happy with how it turned out. Hopefully a trailer will be coming soon, uh, since the movie does come out in June next year. And I think they have wrapped filming. So hopefully we get that trailer soon. Uh, the Barbie movie, which is coming out next year, uh, was written and directed by Greta Gerwig. And... In a new interview with The Hollywood Reporter, uh, she was terrified during the process. Uh, she felt, quote, quote, it felt like vertigo starting to write. Like, where do you even begin and what would be the story? And I think it was that feeling I had was knocking that it would be really interesting ter- terror. Usually that's where the best stuff is, where you're like, I am terrified of that. Anything where you're like, this could be a career ender. Then you're like, I should probably do it, unquote. Um, despite the fact that it's had horrendous looking set photos released, uh, the movie will star Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Um, and it looks like Greta Gerwig was worried that it might be a career ender, but went ahead with it anyway. Uh, the rock has come out talking about Henry Cavill appearing in black Adam as Superman. And of course, subsequently we found out that Henry Cavill's back as Superman even though it might still be up in the air, which I don't think it is. Um, And it looks like, um, I guess it was all him uh, for bringing back Henry Cavill. The studio was actually against it, which is very strange to me. Um, I have no idea, but I think James Gunn wants Henry Cavill around. Um, Speaking... Of Black Adam and crossovers, Asher Angel, who plays Billy Batson and Shazam, uh, wants to have more DC characters show up in the Shazam movies. Which, even though they are at New Line, are technically still uh, in the DCU. Um, and <laughs> James Gunn has uh, given some insight into where he is going to take the DCU. Uh, says that Star Wars is more the inspiration um, than the MCU is. And uh, let me see. I guess he says it has to do with the Star Wars approach to storytelling. Um, where? I'm trying to think where he said that. Let me see. Let 
anyway, I don't know. He said that they're going to look more to the Star Wars model than anything, which is very interesting. Um, and then he also tweeted out today that sent the fans into a tizzy. Uh, it was a tweet that said, Making plans, and it featured a picture of Kingdom Come Superman uh, in the Kingdom Come Justice League. The Kingdom Come is a story set in the future where, uh, it's actually where we get the first Red Robin, where like Superman is old, a lot of superheroes have died, and things like that. Um, a lot of people are wondering though, if this means that we're getting a Kingdom Come movie or story, or I, I don't know what's going on with this, but it's very, very interesting for him to use the Kingdom Come pimp image more than anything. Um, but we'll see how that goes moving forward. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is coming back to theaters for about two weeks next month from December 2nd to December 15th. Actually, that's Friday. Um, yeah, this Friday through the 15th, you'll be able to watch Top Gun Maverick again if you want. Uh, with the success of Creed, um, I think it was Paramount or someone is looking into possibly doing a Easy Rider reboot. I don't know how you do that in 2022. Um, the first trailer for the Cocaine Bear movie has been released, which I think is Ray Liotta's last movie. Uh, directed by Elizabeth Banks, tells based on the true story of when a bear ingested hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cocaine and went on a rampage. This movie looks fucking great. Um, and then it's also been announced that Ang Lee, famed director, will be directing a Bruce Lee movie biopic starring Ang Lee's son as Bruce Lee. Uh, and that will be coming out in the future. And uh, as we wrap, wrap today's show, I do want to talk about... Um, I, I Now that Wakanda Forever's been out, and I saw it last week, I've, I've had a week to think about it and things like that. Um, and I want to go over my... Um, I want to go over my new MCU rankings. Now, these are my thoughts on the MCU. You're probably going to disagree. Whatever, that's fine with me. Um, I had a little bit of trouble making these rankings, surprisingly. Um, anyway, without further ado, let's start with the top five. Okay, in number one, No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home. This is probably, hands down, my favorite MCU movie because it has Toby and Andrew and Tom all together. It has the best Spider-Man villains all together, hands down, Spider-Man No Way Home. In the number two spot, we have Endgame, which is the culmination of Phase 1, 2, and 3 in the MCU, and just pure, pure masterpiece. Number three, we got Shang-Chi, which skyrocketed into my top five after it came out. Love that movie. Cannot wait for the second one. Number four, I have Thor Ragnarok, which honestly, great fucking movie. Hilarious, fun, reinvented Thor. And in number five, Black Panther. It is the only MCU movie I have seen in the theater more than once. Well, more than twice. Three times I saw this movie in theaters. I very much enjoyed the first Black Panther movie. Let's go to the next five. At number six, we got Infinity War. Great movie. I still think Endgame's better. I know a lot of people think Infinity War's better. Number seven, I got Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Finally introduced the multiverse. Wanda is a great villain. Uh, we get Professor X, Mr. Fantastic, in, in cameo appearances by John Krasinski and Patrick Stewart. At number eight, we got uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, was my favorite MCU movie for a very long time. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I do love the Ant-Man movies, and I while the first one is great, I think the second one's even better. 
It builds on everything that was good in the first one. And then rounding out the top 10, I got Guardians Volume 2. Mainly because I quote 2 more than I quote the first one. A Mary Poppins, y'all. A Mary Poppins, y'all. Let's go to the next five. We got at 11... Spider-Man Far From Home, another great Spider-Man movie. Kicked off Phase 4. Uh, Mysterio was a great villain. I thought it was awesome. At number 12, we have Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man is... Paul Rudd is amazing. And honestly, I cannot wait for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I do hope it's good. At number 13, we got Iron Man 2. I very much enjoy Iron Man 2. I prefer it over Iron Man, the original Iron Man and Iron Man 3. I know people think I'm a nut job, nutcase for that, but I don't care. At number 14, uh, we have Doctor Strange. I very much thought that movie was fun. It was different. It was uh, bringing magic into the MCU. I think Benedict Cumberbatch was an amazing casting choice for Doctor Strange. Uh, and, of course, it gave us Wongers. 15, I have Thor Love and Thunder. I know a lot of people did not enjoy this movie. I thought this movie was hilarious. It was fun. It was great. The goats. Whew. Fun fucking movie. And it gave us Jane Foster as Thor. Uh, 17, we have Captain America the First Avenger. Great movie. Tommy Lee Jones, Red Skull. Uh, gave us Captain Carter, of course. Uh, oh. I skipped over 16, which was... 15 was Love and Thunder. Let's go to the next five. 16, Spider-Man Homecoming. Thought it was a great follow-up to Civil War. Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man. 17, Captain America, the first Avenger. Like I said, Red Skull, Car uh, Agent Carter, things like that. Tommy Lee Jones. 18, I have Iron Man 3. Again, I think Iron Man 3 is superior to the first one, but not better than Iron Man 2. Uh, at 19, we have the original, the first Avengers movie. I do not particularly care for this movie. Um, and honestly, it, it, uh, it, it's good. Don't get me wrong. But, surface level. And at 20, we have the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, super underrated. Did not expect a unknown team to, to jive so well. And hit so well with audiences. And of course, without it, we wouldn't have James Gunn as the head of DC Films today. Let's go to the next five. At 21, we have Civil War. It was a fun movie. Introduced Spider-Man to the MCU. Um, but in general, it was lacking in a lot of places. Uh, 22, the, the first Iron Man movie. I am Iron Man. With a box of scraps. <laughs> Um, at 23, which, uh, Wakanda Forever. Look, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Is it the best MCU movie? No. Is it as good as the first movie? No. The soundtrack, not nearly as good as the first movie soundtrack. Um, maybe it will grow on me more as time goes on. I thought Namor was cool, but underutilized. Um, it's just not the same with Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman gone. At 24 of Age of Ultron, fun movie, still nowhere near as good as the first Avengers. Um, I liked James Spader as Ultron though. And then at 25, I have the first Thor movie. I'll have another. Uh, introduce Thor, Hawkeye, more Agent Coulson, fun all around. Let's go round out the bottom five here for Marvel. At 26, I got Black Widow. Movie came out way too late. Should have come out a lot sooner. I know it was delayed because of the, the Rona and the pandemic. Um, it honestly should have come out before Endgame. Uh, it gave us Red Guardian and Yelena, who are... Two amazing characters, and I'm happy Yelena is getting more and more airplay in the MCU. I'm happy that her and Red Guardian will be in the Thunderbolts, but it doesn't do enough to save the movie. At 27, I have Captain Marvel. Again, 
understood the concept, great idea, but I think it hurt itself by coming out so late in the MCU. Uh, Brie Larson is great as Captain Marvel, though. I wish we had more Coulson. It set up the scroll, uh, potential scroll invasion. There's a lot of things moving, but we'll see what happens when the Marvels comes out next year. At 28 Eternals, not the worst, but not great either. Um, it was so far removed from the greater MCU that I'm worried it will just be like a one and done, a one off, and nobody talks about it ever again. At 29, you got Thor, The Dark World. Not even going to talk about it. And at 30, I have The Incredible Hulk, only because I've actually never seen it. It is the only MCU movie I have never laid eyes upon. Um, I've seen clips from it. I understand that's where we got The Abomination. Um, Edward Norton is the Hulk. They destroy uh, uh, Harlem, and it plays a lot into the Netflix shows. But... At the end of the day, I've never seen it, so it's at the bottom of my list. But to reiterate my top five, Spider-Man No Way Home, um, Avengers Endgame, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther. That is it, folks, for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back next week, as always. Uh, don't forget to check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser or if you prefer to listen on the go we have links to all of our podcast pages we're on Spotify we're on iHeartRadio we're on Google Podcasts we're on Apple Podcasts we're even on Amazon Music we are pretty much anywhere you can think of you can listen to Nixner News uh, make sure to check like I said nixnerdnews.com also while you're there check out the social media tab we got Facebook, we got Instagram, we got Twitter. Maybe we'll do a TikTok one day. I don't know. But if you prefer, you can see all the feeds on one place there on the website. Or just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And uh, post a lot of memes, a lot of fun stuff. Mostly on Instagram uh, and Facebook. Twitter, not so much. Uh, and that has nothing to do with what's going on with Twitter. It's just Twitter wasn't a... High engagement, if you will, for us. Um, other than that, the link tree is on all of those as well. So if you want to find links to our uh, different podcast service pages, they're all there. Uh, and with that being said, I will catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>